You've landed on episode two of the Life Encouraged podcast, and I'm Dave Avery. Let's get right to it. Welcome to the Life Encouraged podcast, where we talk to real people who've overcome real life failures and adversities. Their stories will motivate, inspire, and encourage you. And now, your host, Dave Avery. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the show. This is a Life Encouraged podcast, episode two of what I hope and believe will be many, many more to come in the future. Today, we are having a conversation that I think will motivate and inspire you to hopefully live every day that you are given to the full and to live a life with no regrets. It seems to be a recurring theme here in 2019 on the Life Encouraged podcast, but really is um, a centerpiece of the conversation today that we have, and that conversation is a conversation with a dead man. Well, Steiner Lero is here with us today on the Life Encouraged podcast, and Steiner, thank you so much for joining us today. David, you're more than welcome. I enjoy being here with you. Well, as the uh, the title of the show suggests, I'm calling it Conversation with a Dead Man, and uh, I'm sure some people listening are like really curious to see where that goes, but it was only seven short weeks ago that um, I would probably say neither one of us would have thought that we would be having this conversation today. Isn't that correct? That is absolutely correct. So tell me and the listeners a little bit about what happened leading up to that. Well, I've had for the last couple of years, and I will say this. This has been my best two years of my life. Now, people may wonder, how can you say that when you've gone through so much? I've had heart problems. I've had congestive heart failures. I've had to replace the aortic valve in my heart. And so I had to go through some of the tests. And they had to do the replacement. Of the valve? Of the valve, not the valve itself, but the problem was that the left side of the heart was weak and it wasn't getting any stronger. I was getting weaker and weaker. I could only walk for a certain amount of steps each day. I could only do so much each day. And it was it was just something that I couldn't sleep. I couldn't uh, I couldn't eat. I had no appetite. I had no desire to do anything. I had no desire to take care of myself in a sense. And so it was a very difficult time at that time. Right, right. Well, I, I know that when I got the phone call and um, it was to, to come up to the hospital and see you, pray for you, pray with you, um, I do that often. But I will say that uh, I believe it was uh, on a Saturday, February, in, right in the beginning of February, um, that uh, there were a couple things that, that really struck me. One was um, some things you said, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the other was just, uh, uh, you know, when you're in the presence, I guess, of, of someone who is in the last days or weeks of their life, it's pretty obvious. Even though initially I wasn't really sure, I didn't know it was congestive heart failure and what the extent of, of, your your health issue was, but I could tell that you were not doing well. 
I mean, it was obvious just looking at you. However, uh, your attitude, and again, we'll talk about this in a couple of minutes, uh, your attitude, just your, you know, your, your presence of some of the, the things that you actually said were just uh, profound. So it was congestive heart failure then, and I believe... Well, everything had started to shut down. And so my kidneys had started to shut down. And you can you can tell by... Okay. My eyes were getting uh, black. My face, the expression on my face was dark. It was grayish. I felt like... Um, I really felt like this was going to be the end. And uh, it was just minor things that was happening step by step. I wasn't eating. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't allowed to drink water because if I drank water, it would fill my lungs up with water. And uh, I sat there a couple of days after you saw me, Mm -hmm. and it took uh, two liters of fluids out of my lungs. So there was a lot of things that were going wrong. I mean, I could hardly breathe. I had to to use oxygen. Wow. And so, I mean, I was – it was a very difficult time, but yet it was a – very rewarding time, if I can say that. It brought me very close to the Lord. Okay, how so? I felt his presence. I felt the joy of the Lord. I felt like, you know, this is going to be over soon. It's going to be gone. I'm going to be um, into a new thing. And uh, I'm going to be a new life. I'm going to see a new heaven, and, and it's going to be wonderful. I'm going to see... Um, Parents I've se- I haven't seen for years. I was going to see grandparents. I was going to see friends. And I just look forward to st- And then on top of it all, my biggest thing and what brought me so much joy was that I was going to see the Lord. And that was a, that was a foremost thing of, of just being there, just seeing the Lord. Right, right. And, and, and worship Him. Yeah, that's, that's the hope that uh, all Christ followers have, right? Yes. Yes. Was this different? So you said you had, obviously you had heart issues prior. You had a valve replaced. This time, though, how was it, would you say it was different uh, in the sense that you felt like there are are different things happening, this is worse, that I really feel like this might be the end of my life here on earth? How, How was it different from previous issues with your heart? Things that were happening in addition to, you know, your previous issues? There's a lot of things happening. There was a lot of things happening with inside my body. There was the feeling that I felt that the kidneys were failing. I felt like that was the, the main thing. It was it was happening. I felt like there was there was nothing, no medication because the doctors came to me and said, "Well, there's nothing we can do. We tried everything." Okay, so the doctors did say that they came to you and said, "Oh yeah, my cardiologist came. My my cardiologist came to me and says, he's a Steiner. He says." I give up. I, I don't know what to do. Wow. Wow. I want to talk a, a little bit about some of the things that you said. You had, you had mentioned to me that uh, when we were talking about this, that uh, you had asked your wife, Connie, if she would let you go. Can you expound on that a little bit more? How that, how that kind of, you saw that statement, that question a little bit differently after the fact and even... You know, I mean, why did why did you ask that? First off, why did you you ask her? It was probably the most difficult question I had ever thought of asking anyone. 
And I get very emotional when I think about that part because I felt like my life had come to an end and we had been partners for almost 37 years. And I felt like I need to ask for permission to be able to say, let me go, let me go home. And what was her initial response that when you, when you asked that, and you know, what, how did she respond to that? I'm sure it was pretty emotional. It was, it was a very emotional, it was, it was a very difficult thing for her. It was a very difficult thing for her because at first she didn't want to say yes, but she felt she needed to say yes. The outward expression was yes. The inward expression was no, I'm going to hang on to him. Right. I don't want to let him go. And there's that two wars that were, that were going between the two. There was that thing of letting me go and holding me back. Right. And because you were ready, you were prepared to, to step into eternity. You needed that almost, I guess, permission, would you say, from your wife to. I would say that was, that's probably the best way to put it, Dave, is that I wanted her permission to leave. Right. But that took a toll on her. That took a very hard toll on her. She let herself go. And man, I'll tell you what, when I came out of the hospital, I had to take her to the doctors because she has COPD. And it just complicated matters so much. She was so concerned about me. And uh, we finally had to go to the doctors and uh, talk to them. Right. Would you, would you have done something differently now? You know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back on how that affected her, would you not ask that question if it were, were posed again? Would you ask it differently? Or, or how do you look at that situation now? Would you, would you reframe that question? Well, you're asking me a difficult one. I, I think I would ask the same question because I wanted that relief. I wanted that permission right. on her part. Because I knew, I knew that she needed healing. I knew that she needed to continue on in this life. And I just wanted to ask her, would you let me step out? Would you let me step across the line and enter into heaven? Right. And for our listeners, so we can really set this up if they haven't, haven't put a picture if this hasn't put a picture in their minds of where you were physically you're at a place now i visited you on the second and i believe i i visited you again the following monday and just the decline in your appearance and condition from saturday to monday was just incredible that was on the fourth i believe and you you said you guys were making funeral arrangements picking out songs for the service who was going to read what is that correct Absolutely correct. I had planned to have you do the service and my nephew, who's a pastor. I planned on having songs. One was I can I can only imagine. Uh, second one was God's not dead. Can I say something? Neither is Steiner. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sorry I had to just interject that, but you know, neither are you. You're not dead, man. But so basically you're saying you were, you were prepared. The family did, you gathered your family together. One of the things that you, you also had said to me was that you actually had made peace and found forgiveness with your ex boss. Is that correct? Y'all. That was awesome. We had been like brothers, okay? And we had a falling apart. And I felt very much like I needed to call him. I called him and told him what was going on. And this was when I was in the hospital. And he told me, he says, I'm coming over. And him and I could actually give each other forgiveness. We could ask the Lord. We prayed and we asked the Lord to forgive us. And we could walk away there as best friends again, like nothing has ever happened. Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So let me transition now to something that you said to me. The first time I saw you in the hospital bed, that really struck me. And you said, I have no regrets. I'm ready to go home. And in fact, in my in episode one of the Life Encouraged podcast, I actually mentioned that. I referred to you, not by name, but that I had visited someone in the hospital. And, you know, at that time, you're still in the hospital when, um, when that episode was recorded. And that really struck me. In that episode, I talk about, you know, living a life of no regret. But, I mean, here's the reality, right? Many of us, you know, we might say we have no regrets in life, but you were at the end of your life, literally at the end. And for you to be able to look me in the eyes and say, I have no regrets, that's powerful. I mean, how does that look? I mean, we all really, we have regrets. You know, there are things we regret we did or didn't do. I mean, that's the reality. I'm sure you, there are things that you regret in life. But to be at the end of your life and say, man, I just, I don't have any regrets. Can you walk us through that? I mean, you know. <laughs> well, the only way I can walk you through this, Dave, is basically say this, okay? Is that the best is yet to come. Okay. Okay? The best is yet to come. This life, we're just passing through this life. This is not our home. So whatever has happened, whatever has occurred here, we go through trials, we go through tribulations, we go through problems, we go through all kinds of things. And we try to react as best as we know how. But if we live every day for the Lord and let the, let the Lord work through us, it just changes things. Yeah, I was going to say, how has your outlook like every day changed since this experience where you were literally oh. near death and, and now you're not? And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I mean, how has your daily outlook when you wake up in the morning and, and how you live your life day to day? How, how has that changed? Well, it changed. It has. I become more thankful for each day that I have. I start taking each day as a gift from the Lord. I mean, the Lord and I get together every morning at six o'clock. We sit down. I read my scriptures. I read my devotional, and I sit down and have prayer. And the Lord and I sit there and we con we converse. The first thing I say in my prayer is, Lord, thank you for this day for this hour that you've given me. Help me to live this day to glorify you. That's basically how I yeah, felt. That's really good. I think that uh, everybody tends to take life, unless they've been through a situation, 
uh, similar to yours. We tend to take life for granted, whether you're you know a, a Christ follower or if you're not a believer. You, you you tend to wake up and go through the motions of life and until you know you kind of have that that shaking that thing that happens that it could be a tragedy it could be whatever that that gets your attention that you I guess maybe would you say it would be accurate to say you place more value on every day that you're blessed with Oh absolutely every day is a special day I mean can you imagine I I sit here I have a, if you want to call it this, I have a direct line of fluid that goes right to my heart. I live with a bag that I got to carry. My lifeline is on my shoulder every single day. That's how I live now. And so I thank the Lord that each day I have. And I thank him for, the one thing I thank him for more than anything else is that I'm able to walk around and I'm able to do some things that I couldn't do before. Yeah, which really is uh, quite amazing, uh, you know, that, that you're able to do things physically that you, you weren't even before. So let, let's talk about the M word, miracle. First off, uh, somebody in your life made a statement, and she said a miracle is on its way. Who was that that said that? That was my very special granddaughter. Uh, that was Kara. Kara. Yep. And she said a miracle is on its way. She's in the uh, Florida National Guards. And she was talking to her dad. And she said, Dad, I'm not going to listen to you because I know a miracle is on its way. Now, when I heard that, I broke down. I broke down in tears. I could. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to react. And yet this I found out afterwards because the last day I was at the hospital here, that evening the doctor came up to me, he says, and he, he threw his hands up and he, said, and he turned around and he says, I only have one more thing left, and that's to send you to Tampa. And that was the answer. Talk to me about BNPs. You, you said that your BNP, which is uh, the brain uh, natriuretic peptide or something like that, it's basically like how they that. test your, your heart failure, your, the yep. strength of your heart, was okay. 2205? 2205. Okay. I did a little research, and I think you said you're what, 75? 75 years old. 75, so... Yours, you know, healthy should not be anywhere near that. It should be 200 or so. 100. Um, and yours was 2205. Right. Anything higher than than 900 is extreme distress. Yours was more than twice that. Yeah. So again, this is not, you know, well, he had a few bad days laying in bed and, and then all of a sudden. It was 2205 on February 6th. It dropped to 776 on six days later. Eight days or nine days later, it dropped to 418. And lastly, on March 5th, it was 195. I mean, that that's miraculous if, if I've ever seen anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let me tell you this. When the doctor, when I went to see the cardiologist, uh, you very seldom hear 
them use the word remarkable or amazing. And you very seldom see a cardiologist sitting around grinning from one ear to the other ear. He was so happy for me because of what has transpired. And this is nothing through my own. This is nothing that I have done. This is something that God has done. This is something the Lord has done. And this is what this medication has done. It has strengthened the right side of my heart. And this is what they're going to find out now on the 26th. They're going to find out and do some tests and to see how strong my heart is. And that will be amazing. So, I mean, Dave, we're going to have to get back together again, okay? Yeah, yeah, I definitely want an update because you mentioned to me you're walking 5,000-plus steps a day, you're riding a, a bicycle, you're doing things that you couldn't even do before, right? I couldn't even think about it. Right. So for our listeners then that maybe go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're using the word miracle, and yet it's medicine. But, you know, the reality is, I, I, I think you agree with me, is that God has given us doctors with knowledge, with the ability to make medicines and, and diagnose issues and treat those issues with those medicines that he has given them the ability to. So th this is a miracle, right? To me, it's a miracle. Right. To me, it's a miracle. I mean, to see the change that has taken place. My wife looks at me. She says, I can't believe it. My brother looks at me. I can't believe it. Nobody that comes near me can't believe it, that they see the same person. It's a change. Well, again, I'll, I'll just reiterate. I can't believe I'm having a conversation with a dead man because that's that's how it was less than two months ago. I mean, that was kind of what everyone had, yourself in, included, had accepted as, you know, the next step for you was to step out of this life and into eternity. I just want to say this in closing. I want to thank you for, your, you know, joining us and for sharing your story. And, and I really hope that this encourages people but I, I want to say this, and, and everything that you've shared with us, the listeners today, what, what your granddaughter Kara said just is so powerful. And, and I want to say this to somebody who's maybe listening to this podcast, and you're in a situation where you just don't see a positive out. In other words, maybe it's someone in your life who is very sick or very ill, or you're waiting for something to happen, maybe with a, with a job, with employment. It could be anything, but you're in a situation where you just don't see anything happening. I want to encourage you because I believe that Kara's words are for you today. I believe that a miracle is on its way for you today. I just want to encourage, if you're listening to this, to grab a hold of that statement and make that statement your own and speak that a miracle is on its way over your situation. Would you add anything to that, Steiner? No, I. Uh, the only thing I can add to it is just rest in, rest in God's peace. The Lord will give you peace. And he gave me such a wonderful peace that I, I just can't explain it. It's like I can lean back and I'm not going to worry about anything anymore. I'm I'm excited that uh, I didn't get a phone call to have to do a funeral, to be honest with you. Um, I'm <laughs> excited that I can sit here and have a conversation with, with a dead man, a person who basically had lived his life, again, with no regrets, which is beautiful, but was ready to step, you know, step into eternity. And your family and everyone else was preparing for that. The Lord saw fit to, to keep you with us, and I'm very grateful for that, that we could have this uh, this conversation today that, again, I think is going to encourage people. So... 
listeners, life is beautiful. Live it to the fullest that you can. Um, again, Steiner, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story. I know it's still, it's still in process. You know, we all have a story we're living that's still in process, but yours, this is pretty fresh. And, um, but it's such a powerful story. I, I just thank you for, uh, having the courage to come on and share with us. You're more than welcome, Dave. Thank you. Well, there you have it, my friends. A conversation with a man who only seven weeks ago should have been dead. But now he lives every day with new purpose. Be encouraged. And always remember, don't quit. Don't give up. And never stop fighting. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Life Encouraged Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us. Also share on social media so others can find Life Encouraged. 